0: There we go okay so welcome listeners to the Hacker Noon podcast with your host Natasha and a very special guest today a very interesting guest um who you'll meet in just a little bit um today's podcast is a little bit different from what we usually do at Hacker and I guess today's podcast is really about the difference today can make um The 13th of March, 2020, to be very specific. It was a Friday and things were getting serious. It was the same day that uh, President Trump declared a national emergency and freed up a lot of state funding, uh, federal funding for the coronavirus relief efforts. Um, It was the same day that Delta Airlines announced the closure of all flights to Europe It was the same day that the Czech Republic and Bulgaria declared a national emergency. And in Brazil, President Bolsonaro became one of the first among many world leaders to test negative for the COVID-19 virus that is currently turning all of our world upside down. And among many, having a really difficult day that day was our guest, Tim Huffman, who is the CEO of Hits, a husband, a father of two. And the author of the Growth Marketer's Playbook, which, and I quote, was number one on Amazon until Seth Godin released his new book. Um, And then it was very quickly not number one. (laughs) So welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you for being here.
1: Awesome. Yeah, thanks, Natasha. Excited to be here.
0: So let's cut right to the chase and talk about the day that you have termed to be the hardest day of your career.
1: Right? Yeah, that's that's a fun one. Well, I think even just leading up to it, like I was beyond optimistic about 2020. Like I, I have a growth marketing agency called Growth Hit where we do like conversion rate optimization for sites. And we were growing pretty well. We were growing the team. We're like approaching seven figures in sales. And We're bullish. Things are going great. Um, I was doing a little bit of travel for work um, leading up to this week, which is kind of foreshadowing. I think the travel might have uh, been the reason why I ended up getting pretty sick. So leading up to this, I start feeling pretty bad going into the week. Uh, Thursday, I'm not feeling good. And then we'll call it uh, the charcoal gray Friday uh, hits. And so I wake up and it's just like, hits me like a ton of bricks, not feeling so great. And So right now my health is not good. I'm literally like under the covers, not feeling good. The second thing that kind of hits is a lot of our clients are venture-backed startups. So which means initially they're fragile with their cash flows in general. So when the entire world starts to shut down, that means their businesses are shutting down. So I called them email bombs. We start getting these email bombs from clients and partners that we really like that are like, hey, we've got to pause working together. We've got to cancel working together. And these just kind of fly in. And I, like the first one, you're like, oh, that's fine. I can, I can handle that. The second one, you're like, oh, that's not good. The third one, you're like, oh, Lord, please make it stop. You know? <laughs> and so like, we've got like six of these coming in. And I'm just like, I'm not feeling good anyway. So I can't even like deal with it. And then the, the icing on the cake is I've got two very energetic and uh, entertaining daughters that were no longer in daycare because daycare was shut down. So now child care is, is on us. To try and deal with these these wild things while I'm not feeling so great. So yeah, that was um, yeah that was, that was just kind of like a great way to kick off a day right
0: there. <laughs> <laughs> and I think a lot of people listening will share your optimism for 2020. That's for sure. We all had that feeling this year. It was going to be so good. And here we are. Exactly. So so I want to go back to to the email buns, as you call them, Um, the money thing. I mean, you last in your blog post that you wrote about it, which is such a great uh, story, well told, Uh, you write and you explain, as, as you said now, that these clients of yours are extremely fragile when the economy comes to a halt, which is true of, you know, everybody um, in the startup scene who, who didn't see this coming and, and couldn't possibly have prepared for it. Um, but I am curious, with hindsight being you know, the, the perfect 2020 vision, what kind of advice would you have given um, both your, yourself for your own business, for growth hits, and for your clients, um, those that you lost in particular? What could they have done, um, if anything, to, to protect or better buffer against um, the consequences of this crisis?
1: Yeah. Right. It's like, there's so many lessons that could be learned from this. Like uh, initially it's just diversifying a client base, just not even just by industry, which is kind of a natural one that you'd want to do. I mean, there are some agencies that just specialize in travel where it's a little hard to do that. Whereas, um, you know, because we do CRO, we can diversify by industry. So it's being more proactive with that. Also diversifying by stage of, Uh, growth that a company is in, because we love working with these startups that are at this phase, we're about to go to the next level, but they are very fragile. So also getting some companies that are potentially more mature. Um, And the other thing that it exposed for us is even just how we were getting leads, it was very much through referral traffic, word of mouth, through us doing offline speaking engagements, which, you know, we were comfortable, so we didn't think we had to focus on that. And now it's, very much about a repeatable scalable way to bring in new business and so that was all exposed um, as this was happening and then on the client side you know it, it is a little bit tougher for clients that are you know stuck to an industry like what can they do so it's it's kind of twofold it's first like how are you investing your assets like we always talk about preparing for that rainy day or the doomsday scenario but this really exposes that like What are your cash reserves? Do you have three, six, nine months of cash in the bank to weather the storm? And so being aware of that. And then the other thing is, I think the companies that are going to come out of this really well are the ones that are able to be very agile and flexible and, and can move. So if you can build up that muscle where it's like we're running two week sprint cycles, we're able to, you know, take in data look at, you know, input from customers and use that to tr- like drive action, to change our plan. If you can move quickly, I, I think you can adapt when you have these crazy curveballs, like a crisis come at you. Right. Um, so th- those are kind of the two things I'm thinking about.
0: And when when you talk about, um, and maybe it's actually helpful for context to give a little bit of more information about what growth had. It- um, does for clients and specifically which which industries you typically deal with? What kind of startups operating where in which spaces?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we, we are a growth marketing agency that specializes in conversion rate optimization. So what does that mean? It's like all that traffic you get to your website, the, the expensive paid traffic, the SEO traffic, we work with you to optimize your site, to turn that into more transactions, into more sales. So getting that core... Funnel built out so you can prepare to grow so that 's one thing we do, and then we do quite a bit on the acquisition side with paid social. We spent like four million bucks last year on Facebook and Instagram ads, so gave them quite a bit of money um, and then we do email automation but so it 's kind of being this high le- level head of growth on the strategy side, and then we execute on on those three things and What we really like is we like companies that are software as a service businesses, we like lead generation companies or e-commerce sites that are getting a decent amount of traffic and doing an online transaction. And usually, um, we, we, it's companies that are at a fun stage where they've got proven traction, product market fit. They've raised some, a little bit of money and they're really at that growth phase. So for us, that's kind of like our sweet spot where, where we like to play.
0: Can, can you see, um, after this happening, is just something I was thinking about while you were talking, any kind of new, Offering that agencies such as yours, or particularly, you know, markets growth marketers playing in the, in the SaaS or B2B space, or um, any kind of, I guess, tech products um, that are so fragile in that, in that early stage startup um, time like a incident response plan or a, uh, I don't know, crisis management marketing toolkit? Like, are there going to be new opportunities for, for your business out of, out of what we're going through now?
1: Yeah. We've been asking ourselves that exact same question. It's like, this is a new world. Why are we still offering the same product or service? Does that even make sense? And so for us, it's, it's even kind of paring down what we do. It's like, okay, people don't want to pay this expensive retainer per month. They can't afford it, but they still need our help. You know, how can we limit the scope to give them something that's, you know, much more approachable in price and still gives value Mm -hmm. and helps us hit our numbers. So whether that's like doing an audit or doing a, a, a slower paced engagement is stuff we're working on. And even, I think right now people are really just, Want to speak to other people to make strategic decisions. So, we're actually even just doing a lot of phone calls and webinars to put ourselves out there to think through that. Um, and we've taken on a few engagements where it's just strategy, where we haven't really done that in the past because we like doing strategy and execution, but we're trying to adapt to the times because it's right. like, you, you so don't people want to. Are
0: wanting, yeah. People are wanting you to set the strategy and then they take execution in house kind of thing so cut down costs or that's that's an interesting trend. yeah
1: but yeah potentially do do it in-house or even just kind of like build it out like okay we want to do that but we need a couple months um because we we've got a lot of people that like they're interested but they're they're still waiting they're like i want to wait till june july and really see how this shakes out
0: right it's funny you talk about pricing as the main sort of thrust of change um we we recently actually we just had a kickoff meeting for our uh 2020 noonies which is the hack noon nice. like yeah. cake awards and uh <laughs> yeah we just had our kickoff meeting and that was one of the biggest things we talked about is we really want to get great brands on board and and we'd love to do that but we've got to adapt um, to make it really affordable for the businesses that are struggling um right now um so You've managed to turn this all around, right? I mean, as per your blog post, fast forward to now, two months later, you've closed or you managed to close 250,000 in 30 days. So, talk us through that process. How did you respond to that day, 13 March? You have the worst day of your career, you lose 400K in revenue, you get diagnosed with COVID 19. And then you managed to turn that around. How did that happen since we're talking about strategies to respond to the crisis?
1: Yeah, well, after laying under the covers and and panicking, freaking out for however long that was it was it was first kind of like a game of math. It's like, okay, wow, this is a significant hit, losing half of our revenue. What does this mean for our burn rate? What does this mean for our cash reserves And so really trying to understand what I'm playing with because I finally got to a point where like, I have a team I'm beyond proud of and excited about. And so I was like, I've got to keep this team intact at whatever cost, is, is my thought. Because if we're going to come out of this really strong, I need everybody here. So I was really running the numbers on how I make that happen. Um, and that actually gave me a little bit more breathing room to kind of understand that. So once I do that, then I'm starting to just honestly... Like, I think when we like get into a tough situation, it's very easy to feel like you need to take it on by yourself. But I decided to do the complete opposite. I was like, I'm going to tell everybody what's going on right now and just seek input and advice from people smarter than me. I have a few people that I kind of consider mentors or advisors. So I was like, hey, let's jump on a call. Like, here's what's going on. And I showed them like all the financials and everything that was going on. And it's not even that they had the solutions. It was just working with someone whose opinion I really value to think through this um, helped me kind of get a plan. And I did the same thing with my team because it's also how transparent do you want to be? Cause you want to let people in on everything that's happening, but you also don't want to freak people out. Um, and so um, I, I was pretty transparent with the team over communicated just cause I needed them to, for all of us to work together to come up with the plan. And so mm. what, what we kind of decided was, okay, whoever's an existing client, we need to do backflips to make sure we keep them happy. And we actually lean into what's going on right now and not avoid it. So having those strategy calls with our clients, like, okay, this is a crazy time. What are we doing? What's the plan? And how can we help? Even if that's doing things a little bit outside of our scope. Mm. Um, so that was like keeping that in place. And then the next thing is, I kind of mentioned this before, what we had done in the past to get leads wasn't scalable. It wasn't as fast and it was a lot of offline stuff. So we had to rethink our acquisition strategy. And so we did it kind of two ways. One is like, what's something that's scalable and quick, what's not scalable, but potentially has high impact. So we actually started spending much more on ads, uh, Google ads and social ads and then we also started going all in on content so trying to create more than we were consuming Um, doing webinars because we know those work pretty well Um, and just honestly like writing blog content and putting it out there because we know everyone's trying to figure out what's going on so that's where we wanted to have a lot of help but the the big thing that we did that's been pretty fruitful is we we um we had been working on this um leading up to this Crisis, but we decided to launch it pretty quickly, and it's called Funnel Teardowns. And it's essentially a content site where we just break down the top uh, funnels of companies that just raise a round of funding. And so we, we launched this content site, put it out there, and started getting traffic. And we actually used it as a resource to start doing free audits for people. We're like, hey, check out Funnel oh. Teardowns. Um, <laughs> this is like how we break down funnels. Can we do it for you for free? And so it's, it's called ABM, account based marketing, where you essentially identify your ideal prospects and you reach out to them and try and do it as a thought leader, right? And so if we can find, for us, it's like SaaS companies, e commerce companies that raise a significant round of funding. Um, we actually wanna see are they even hiring right now? Are they looking to spend money? And if they're hiring someone in a marketing role, they know they need to fill this. And so we actually start two weeks before doing cold outreach to them. We'll do ads to them and then we reach out to them and cold emails are super annoying. So we just try and be very direct, like, Hey, you know, big fans of what you're doing. We launched the site. We'll do this audit for you for, for free. If not say no, and we'll never email you again. And so hopefully by being just genuine and putting ourselves out there, we, we come across as good as you can with the cold email. And um, that's actually been much more fruitful than we realized um and so just by kind of doing those two things of scalable ads non-scalable manual outreach and just trying to add value through content we've been able to kind of shake the tree and and get some leads to fall in because i was we had a really healthy pipeline leading up to this and man almost all the entire pipeline was just like we right now are not looking to hire we're like on we're on a freeze and so and the other thing with that is you're building your leads to go after for this abm strategy it is you know having that conversation what are the industries that are growing right now that you're bullish about Um, because those are the ones that have the money to spend so for us it was anything related to online or remote work uh, managing teams online online education and e-commerce, if it's an essential product, is doing extremely well. As far as overall transactions online and offline, it used to be 11%. And now it's at 30% because everybody's ordering stuff online because you can't buy them offline. So um, so that's definitely something to do. So that at a high level, that's kind of how we were going after trying to save the business and, and close some, some clients
0: makes sense um that was that was a lot of really good information i want to go back right to the beginning to your team strategy and talk just a little bit more about that was growth at remote before the pandemic
1: yeah we're here in seattle washington and we have like a co-working space but we go there yeah maybe twice a week. Um, okay. So we were already kind of built on a remote platform, right? Like on Slack, on Google Drive. So, yeah.
0: Same, same as Hackernoon. We, we had a yeah. very easy uh, easy transition, I think, more more so than others. Um, yeah. Just because we, we were used to all the tools. So in terms of how, any changes that you had to make, to, you said that you upped the level of transparency. I think that's really cool and, and really leaning into that because... Yeah, a lot of people's instincts, especially I think in leadership, is to freeze up and pretend everything is fine, um, whereas in your case it most certainly yeah. was not. So yeah. You maybe didn't have the option to pretend it was fine. But was, other than that, um, I to want to talk more about that. Were there any other changes you had to make um, as, as this um, happened in terms of keeping morale up maybe and, and um, managing team expectations? How did you navigate yeah. that?
1: Yeah. Yeah. You're exactly right. Cause when people see all these clients pausing us, they're like, like, yeah. wait a minute, like, let me do the math. This is not good. Like if mm-hmm. they're not working with us. So, um, what that meant was just, I, I would just like show the numbers like, Hey, here's where we're at. Here's our monthly, um, you know, recurring revenue. Here's where we're at, where we were at. Here's where we're at now. Like we're fine now, but we need to be very aware if we cross this threshold, it's like we really need to kind of like band together. And so I also increased the frequency of us talking. I wasn't trying to put more meetings on our calendar, but more frequent standups. And also the thing that was nice is everybody kind of rallied around like, okay, wow, this is a big hit, but if we pull together, we can come out of this. And so we, we have an executive coach. We also got more aggressive with OKRs objectives and key results, like a framework for managing your quarterly goals. And, and we actually had our executive coach come do a, or my executive coach do a call with the entire team, like, okay, here's our strategy for this COVID crisis, help us prioritize what we're doing with everybody. And so that Mm -hmm. was helpful, because I'm fairly new to that. And so Mm -hmm. having an expert come in and help us definitely guided us a little bit better.
0: Yeah, you, you also mentioned turning to your mentors for advice. Is there anything, any um, thinking framework or uh, creative problem solving that that they had shared with you? You said there wasn't direct solutions, but just ways of, of thinking about the problem that um, you might remember and want to share.
1: Yeah, there was this, um, I got a really cool resource. I, I, maybe we can put it in the show notes. but be it's. great. It's scaling up. It's like the five C's of a a crisis. Have you seen that? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I hadn't,
1: I hadn't seen that until this crisis, but um, one one of the people I spoke to gave that to me and it was just extremely helpful with things to factor in. And what was nice is I I gave a couple scenarios to these kind of mentors and um, advisors on like how to run the business and it was just like how to think through them and like Mm. what they would do in this situation. I actually got a lot of different opinions, all very thoughtful, but it it helped me kind of solidify what I wanted and and was thinking about. So I like it when people, when I have an idea and someone has a complete opposite opinion, because it really pokes holes at what I'm thinking. And so that's, that was helpful.
0: Absolutely. Do you remember any of what the five C's were?
1: You know what? I do. Oh, I just pulled, yeah. Let's see. It's got communicate daily, uh, customer community support, wait, clean up and catch up, manage your cash and then be calm and considerate. All uh, right. That is what it is.
0: Yeah. Being calm, the tricky one. Okay. <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, that's the thing for, I remember at this time for me, I was very raw, um, on, on, you know, and that's, that sort of area. Um, of, of early March when it was all becoming very serious and I remember feeling like marketing at that time was in poor taste like I had this feeling like I can't um, I can't mention this in newsletters or anything that you know is for profit or gain because it feels it just felt wrong Um, And I'm curious as to you say you came up with a lot of content and you put that out there and how did you walk that line and how did you um, And your team communicate in a a good way during a really tricky time to get to get your messaging, right?
1: Yeah, we we were just trying to like put ourselves because we were going through the same things our clients were going if anything like everyone has this common anchor of a thing that you can relate to and so for us I was very interested, like, okay, you know, we haven't seen a crisis like this, but we've seen crises before, you know, whether it was um, like in 2008 here in the U S whether it was the great depression. And so I was like, what did companies that emerged well out of that, what did they do? So I did like a research report on that. I was also interested in trends around uh, paid ads. Like what does this mean for cost per impression, cost per purchase? So we, we found some cool reports there that we summarized. So we were trying to just kind of, you know, the questions we were asking and trying to answer, we just tried to make that public. And definitely we, I was on the same page as you. We weren't trying to have any like, any main, like, okay, here's the report, pay us $10 for it. You know, it's like, Hey, here's this right. for free. You know, we're trying to figure out as well. Cause you, usually if, if you can add value, it can come back around. Um, like, sure. I'm, I'm a big, I think karma is a, a big thing with business. So that was kind of the intention.
0: Nice. That makes a lot of sense. And speaking of karma and, and general personal, <laughs> more personal concerns, I I really want to know on that day, um, when you go through this and you're, you're hearing about all these losses at work and then you're diagnosed and you lose your childcare, how do you stand up and stay up straight as both a leader of a company and um you know a husband and father who has to keep keep to keep the ship afloat um both at home and at work how how does that um look on the day what are your personal coping strategies for getting through something like that and coming out um on on the good side of a bad day
1: yeah right i mean well i was like we were just wiped out like it was such a haze those couple days. Like I, I didn't do anything. Usually I'm pretty motivated and I was like, no, not, not today, not tomorrow. It's like, I'll figure this out. But I think like one thing, even like as my wife and I are getting adjusted, I think everybody's trying to get adjusted to this new norm. It's figuring out what that routine is to really like set you up to kind of do your best work. And we finally got in a routine where we're able to work out in the mornings Like if I have a good morning, I feel like that just sets the day up extremely well. It's like a a quick jog. And so we finally came to terms like, okay, this is a new normal. We've got to figure out what our routine is Mm -hmm. because I do so much better with the routine than when I'm like sporadic and there's, there's no structure. And so once that started to happen, getting a routine, understanding the plan in this new crisis, that gave me a lot more confidence to try and like, even just like talk to the team, like, hey, you know, we're going to be good. Here's what we're going to do. Let's just kind of, you know, see this through. And so once those things got in place, um, it made a world of difference.
0: Nice. And finally, I guess, is there any advice that you would give as, as a growth marketer and an expert in that field? Is there any advice you'd give I guess to um, potential and/or and former clients um, in terms of moving ahead now. Um, you know, everyone's talking about a looming recession. We're all very concerned for, for what things are going to look like in the near future. How, what are your, um, I guess, guiding lights or, you know, what are you looking forward to and, and saying, basing your decisions on um, at your company and, and for the clients that you've managed to close now? Um, yeah, what are you what are you looking forward, and what advice would you give to people as as we all try to move forward?
1: Yeah, because it's, it's so hard to like so many people are talking or we're talking about making like annual and twelve month plans, and and really that's kind of out the window because there's so much totally. unknown. So it's kind of compressing that to, if anything, quarterly plans is as far as you could go. I mean, we're literally living in kind of two-week sprint cycles. So it's mm-hmm. kind of changing the, the full range of how you're looking at a growth plan. The second thing is like, like don't think that what you had been doing is what you should still be doing. Maybe it is, but almost trying to flip that on its head is like, what is the complete opposite strategy or strategy? what are the motivations and intentions of my end customer or client now as opposed to what they were? Because that could totally change how you should be getting in front of them, right? Because they're not offline as much. They're more online. What they care about is much different. And a very simple example is e-commerce companies. If you have premium luxury brands and products, that did fine in Q1, but now that means nothing. So it's now it's about... Essential products, must-haves. It's like things that are functional in this new kind of lifestyle or, or this new world that they're in. And so really going to the, the core of it, like what is your customer and client mindset? Because that should be driving your strategy. So if you're thinking in shorter windows, you're agile, and you're rethinking everything you put out there because your client or customer's intentions are different, then I think you can start to like uncover a plan that, that will be the right one.
0: All right. Nice. I also hear that uh, watching Frozen can be really good for um, general coping um, in this this period. Do you have a favorite song from Frozen at all? Do you? Would you want to? You know,
1: absolutely. Let it go is usually everyone's (laughs) favorite, but there's a Uh there's a duet with Anna and Prince Hans of the Southern Isle that is is very underrated that people should definitely get on Spotify. Okay. Okay. It's fantastic. Do you want
0: to give us the title of that? I will put that in the show notes for sure. I'll send it
1: through. Yeah. yeah, It's very important. I'll send it through. (laughs) Okay, great. Thanks so much. It
0: was great. Great to hear the story. Thanks for sharing the hardest day of your career with us and the Hack and listeners. It was great to have you on the podcast and great to hear the lessons that, that you learned from that very difficult day.
1: Yeah. Well thank you, Natasha. And you guys keep keep it up at Hacker Noon. It's an awesome resource. So pumped to finally be on the podcast after seeing what you guys have been up to.
0: Yes. It's really, really great to have you. Thank you. We're we're, we're glad and we're very excited. You've got to stay tuned for the noonies. I've just got to get yes. one little one little punch in there. I was just as I said had the kickoff meeting and the team is really pumped. So
1: we'll, uh, we'll w- when are through. those?
0: So we're actually we're talking about the timeline now, but it's looking like it's going to run from like mid June. Like uh, nominations will open towards mid oh, cool. June. Mid June, yeah, it's exciting.
1: Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, that's awesome. All right, cool. Thanks so much.